0: Hey, my friends, thank you for joining me for this episode of Real Live Talk. I'm so pumped that you're here to check out today's conversation with my guest, Bryce Taylor. Bryce is the lead pastor at Mannheim Brethren in Christ Church in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. He is an awesome man of God. Uh, he and his wife, Christina, have, I believe it's eight <laughs> children together. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know we're going to have some questions related to that. Uh, you're definitely going to want to listen. There's going to be some serious wisdom dropping here for parents and for pastors and people in ministry and uh, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be really, really good. Uh, he's a native of New Zealand. You're going to want to listen just for his accent. He has an amazing accent and uh I love I love the New Zealand accent. It's awesome, so I'm excited for that. But anyway, I'm excited that you guys are here. I'm I'm pumped for a really really awesome conversation with uh, Bryce Taylor, who we went to Bible college together a number of years ago, but we haven't had a whole lot of interaction since then. And so this conversation is also going to kind of serve me personally for reconnecting with Bryce and finding out more about his life and ministry and what God is doing. And so I'm excited to have the opportunity to share this with you. I pray that this conversation blesses you, challenges you, makes you think. If it does, if you are listening on one of the podcast platforms, if you would consider subscribing or leaving a review, that would be absolutely amazing. If you're watching this on Facebook or one of the other platforms, if you'll follow my uh, Facebook page at DK that way you'll get notified of all uh, future live events and live streams and all of that good stuff if you are interested if you don't like the content obviously don't worry about doing any of that but uh i pray that you do i pray that the conversation blesses you or makes you think and so again thank you so much for being here and uh, join me in welcoming my guest for today pastor bryce taylor bryce taylor thank you man it's so good to see you first of all i'm i'm just privileged and just excited to reconnect with you today. It's been a number of years. We were at Bible College together back in the day and uh, probably (laughs) have had extremely little interaction with you ever since then, other than just being connected on social media and stuff like that. But I'm excited to just uh, hear about your life and uh, what you're doing in ministry and what God's been doing in you and through you and all that good stuff. So uh, thank you, man, for your time and just thanks for joining me
1: today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to reconnect and yeah, learn from learn from you, man. Well, um so you graduated
0: was it in 06 from Elam or what year did you graduate? I think yeah. you were a year ahead of me if I remember right.
1: Yeah, my class graduated in 06. Um, we got married in 05 and and uh, end up um, moving back to New Zealand with my wife, Christina for a year and then uh and then came back to the states you go through bible college you you it's a it's such a weird thing to be in college and meet uh the person you're like hey you know what like i want to do life with you i want to serve the lord with you and do ministry with you because you you know i remember her walking into breakfast you know and then you say good night and they they go into their dorm you know and at uh, elon bible institute and you you know, so you see them all day long. And, and that's just such a bubble experience, right? That's, it's not normal, uh, or usual. And sure. so, um, yeah, you, yeah, you connect really make a close connection. So yeah. Um, When did you did you guys start
0: dating pretty, like freshman year? Or what year did you guys actually get together?
1: Yes. So we actually got, um, we started hanging out actually after, um, doing, um, at an ELM, we would go to New York city for, uh, like that, that outreach time down there with nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, We started talking, I guess, um, like in our time off while we're in New York city. And then we had an experience where our class, um, we, we lost one of our classmates like in the middle of that, actually co- kind of close oh, to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So when Anthony, uh, who was a friend of mine, who I had been um, like unpacking discipleship with him yeah. for uh, like for that summer, uh, we were both working on the roof and different things together, projects around campus. So when he when we found out he had passed away, we were as a class sitting in chapel and then, um, you know, then getting a call from, um, from, uh, you know, different administration people, uh, and then, you know, saying to myself and I think Matt, who was the class president at the time, um, Hey, you know, you guys need to help lead your class through this, um, mm. was, you know, quite a large class. Uh, we were one of the larger classes. I think the class ahead of us was the largest of the that had come through, and we were the second largest. So it was a large class. I don't know if it was sixty or more or seventy or so, but we, um, we were really tight, and we grew really close together in that. And then at the same time, you know, I'm talking with this girl who, for me, was just challenging, and um, you know, leaning into growing in the Lord as well. So that that grew our relationship pretty quickly. And then we came mm. back. Uh, we're on campus. We're, we're diving into studying and classes really quickly, and unpacking um, with one another. Like, well, you know, we're back in classes. Anthony's not here. It was kind of another yeah. level of grief and and all of that. So, um trauma didn't bring us together. We were talking, but it definitely like meant that we were connecting on stuff that was here, pretty close, you know. And at, at Bible College, you're away, yeah. anyway, so. Yeah, we, we grew close together for that, that, that semester. And then the next semester, um, uh, she actually stepped away from school. And that was when I asked her to marry me, like the next semester, I'm like, yo, I don't want anyone else to, to jump (laughs) and to scoop you up. (laughs) Yeah, So we started writing and, um, did a relationship long distance. She was in North Carolina. So that was, that was cool. So were you were actually engaged
0: at w- before you graduated? Yep, we were engaged. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Yeah, uh yeah, it's it's um cuz my wife Denise and I we started dating our freshman year and that was one of the reasons why I asked you that question is because I was just curious about what your experience at at NCSM was like. So Nysom, for anyone who doesn't know, it's the New York School of Urban Ministry. And uh, second year at Bible College at, at Elam, we would always, our, our whole class would go and basically do an internship kind of a thing. It used to be like seven weeks long. Uh, I I, th- I believe they've shortened it since then. But That's back up. in our day, we were there for almost two months. And and uh, it, it, as much as Elam itself is a bubble, like you mentioned, NISOM is even a, a greater bubble because it's just your class. And so you really do have that opportunity to, to grow together. One of the things that happens though is that uh my the freshman class coming in doesn't really get the chance to connect with um you know people you know you who are one year ahead of us we didn't really get as much of a chance to connect with you guys because i think we were on campus for a couple of days and then you guys are gone and then we actually connect a little bit more i think with the upperclassmen mm-hmm. and so anyway it's uh but th- but that whole thing and and um Man, I I didn't because of that, I never got a chance to um, meet Anthony. But um, man, I remember that, though, man, I remember getting that news and our hearts were just so broken um, for you guys Mm -hmm. uh, just just being there. And uh, yeah, what you said is 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 definitely something that's so real. How when you walk through something that's uh, a difficult situation like that, when you walk through trauma together, um, it really does do something to kind of pull you closer and you you pull from each other, I think, and lean on each other um, a little bit more. And I just imagine that being in that environment where, again, you're in that kind of tight bubble, you're together for all this extended period of time, and then having this extra, you know, just unspeakable, you know, tragedy to deal with on your hands, but walking through that, I just imagine that it was such a unique
1: experience. Yeah, it really was. I mean, And for some of those students that were in that room, when we heard that news, like the first time that ever had anybody around them close pass away, you know, you got people that in that room, their grandparents haven't passed away. You know, they haven't even had to say goodbye to a dog or a cat, you know, they're, they're 10 years old and just processing like life in general. So, um, it really was a unique situation to have a group of people so differently you had adults in the class coming out of teen challenge who had experienced a lot and you have some that have you know lived in a christian bubble who haven't experienced life and then one of your classmates presumably dies by overdose which you know that's you know in itself just a hard mm-hmm. thing to wrap their head around um and so yeah there was a lot of unique pieces to that as a leader I would say, looking back, it was so stretching um, to be one of the older in the class, and, and I think looked to for—I wasn't aware of it at the time—but people looking to me for either answers or comfort or just something along the way. And processing, sitting down with the four or five that that were looked to for that, and um, the president of the school uh, at the time, you know. On the phone with me, just saying, Hey, you know, give me a read on what's going on. And as a leader or as a young man, trying to like decipher and read, like, where are people emotionally at emotionally? Wow. Where are they at with grief? And, um, and, and to try to relay that and then enter into conversations about grief and, um, well, wow. yeah, anguish. It, it was interesting and, and stretching. And, well, wow.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah you can't you came to well when you came to elam did you know that you were going to be a pastor Was that something that was on your radar uh what did that look like for you Where was, was your intention in in going to bible college was it to become a pastor or did you have different plans at the time when it
1: started um yeah i came to came to bible college with the the notion in my mind that i was gonna grow up <laughs> my okay who uh, <laughs> uh, was a missionary from the states planted a church in my hometown in New Zealand, and um, I was in ministry, like helping him plant a church with doing the some of the youth stuff and some worship stuff. And um, and his daughter Susie uh, was going to school at the same school, and her and I at the time, this is terrible, but we were dating at the time and and went to Elam and then and then broke up. Um, but this the whole process we were in and just growing up. And, um, and that was, um, it wasn't like I went, Hey, I want to grow up. It was, I went and thinking, um, there's all this stuff that my pastor's saying, Hey, you have a calling on your life and, and Elam's a place where God can refine and get you ready for what's next. Mm. And, uh, and I said, yes, God, I want all that you have for me. And, and I don't want anything to hold me back. And, um, that was a dangerous prayer, but. Yeah. With God. I didn't realize again, I'm just young and like excited to to follow Jesus and, um, experiencing, I think like I would say weekly, I was experiencing during that season, like, um, God challenging me and changing me and giving me new hope, like weekly and revealing more of himself to me often. And so it was a very, um, exciting experience. Um, there was a lot when I went into Elam, I, I came in hurting and broken and, and mm. unpacking a lot of my stuff that had happened in my life. Um, and so Elam was a refiner for me, a place where I went and the, f- like, yeah, I was in the fire, you could say just being refined and, was uh, yeah. being chipped off. And, um, so I was, a you know, I was a different person when I came in than when I left. So, yeah. Mm
0: man that's awesome then, then when you when you graduated you said you went back to New Zealand mm-hmm. for uh for just a year and then wh- yeah. what what was that like man like what was so you went you went back to New Zealand and you ended up back in the states and when you came when you came back were you stepping into a pastoral role at that point or i'm just trying to connect the dots here and get the pieces oh, yes, together for probably. how you you know got into pastoral ministry and
1: everything yeah, yeah good cool well i went back to New Zealand really because like getting being married like, and getting married, I really didn't want, like, I, I knew that who I was, and, and like, the person, like, in the states that, that my wife had met, right, like, mm-hmm. I was, I was being changed and renewed by God. So it's not like, you know, it's not a lie, but you're meeting somebody in change. Sure. And I have yeah. a whole, like, story you know, and a life in New Zealand. So I wanted her to know the culture. I wanted her to learn about who I was. I wanted her, my family to like interact with her and uh, and and all of that and for her to um, see the culture and understand the culture. And I knew like I was called to go. So I didn't expect that I would stay in New Zealand my whole life. I didn't know if that meant I was gonna be in Africa or South Africa or China or the States, I had no idea. And so we're just like, okay, at least for a year, I'm going to take off because I've been in ministry coming out of like high school. I stepped into youth ministry and worship ministry and 17, 18, 19, 20, I was touring the country with youth for Christ when I was 17 mm. 18. Okay, uh, youth pastoring, planning a church. Um, and then 21, I was heading into Elam. And so there wasn't really a time when I wasn't in ministry that I could remember. And so coming back, I was like, I'm just gonna chill no ministry, like no ministry. Right. Um, right. (laughs) So I came back and we got a house uh, right there in my hometown on the beach or like one street back from the beach. Um, I got a job as a plumber, drain layer, um, and just did that for a year, just working. And every weekend, um, our mission was to go out and see the country and have a great time. And, And then I worked during the week and she would, you know, she was at home, she didn't really know anybody. So it was a crazy experience for her, a very lonely one. Yeah. Um, she would walk out to the beach and she would have, you know, experienced the culture through um, my family. And yeah, it was, it was just a, a great experience. And then when we came back, I um, found out we we're pregnant. We came back to the US uh, and went to stay with her family in North Carolina, be close with them. I was building log cabins and then um, f- uh, connected with a church in Warrenton, Virginia, which was a little town like, um, yeah, in, in Northern Virginia, um, where a lot of people commute with government jobs, a lot of them. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, went and joined the staff at this church with doing the youth and the worship and uh, kind of got my feet wet in full-time ministry in the States. And so I was there for three and a half years serving on the staff there. And, uh, and that's, yeah, kind of how I
0: dug on. I I love the wisdom of what you guys did after getting married and living in New Zealand for a year and being able to kind of connect her with your culture and with your family. Denise and I did the same thing, but it was opposite because she was from Mexico Or she is from mexico but you know what i mean she she had grown up in mexico and uh all of our relationship was in the united states and she had spent a lot of time with my family coming you know with me spending some breaks with me and uh you know just having a lot more interaction with my family and our relationship was completely within the culture of the united states and you know all of that and so we after we got married we got married in new york and then two days later we were on a plane and uh, we were in mexico for our first three years and we were in ministry in mexico but that was the that was the mindset at the time it was i want to be connected with your culture i want to spend time with your family who i haven't had a chance to do that with yet and then it actually got to the point where we had a recommendation from um from a brother paul johansson to come back after after a little while to come back to the states and to um, there, there was a lot involved there but we had been wrestling with those ideas anyway and god had already been speaking to me about coming back to the u.s and getting involved in church planting and some other things and uh, he kind of not knowing what the lord had been showing me he kind of spoke to, he pulled me aside one day and really gave me permission <laughs> to uh to go after what i felt like the lord had been leading us into and so all that was really cool but yeah i love i love the wisdom of that man i love the wisdom of even just like i'm going to be a plumber for a year or i'm i'm just going to i'm going to take a take a you know we're going to just kind of slow things down and just kind of yeah get to know each other and get to know each other in a different context than the bubble that we were used to I think that that's really really cool
1: yeah it was uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything and I would recommend it to anybody especially in ministry yeah especially mm. yeah
0: yeah Huge. what's one thing that you miss
1: about New Zealand oh one thing I have to mention one thing <laughs> um, like, you can mention of. more than one if you want <laughs> We were just on vacation. It's funny, you go to, you know, we're living now in Pennsylvania. And so, um, going to the beach is like a thing, you know, it's an event, uh, where it used to not be an event for me. Um, go to the beach for lunch or I would go to the beach, um, to chill out after work. Now I go to the beach and it's like a big ordeal. So, um, uh, yeah, we went to the beach with the family and, and you know, going out to the beach in uh, even in North Carolina, like uh, an area that's quieter, considered quieter, there's no boardwalk and, and lights, which just drives me insane that people would put all of that near the beach because you ruin it. But <laughs> the of the beach, yeah. you can, like go out there and just see there's crowds of people and, you know, you're, you mm-hmm. are you're setting up your tent and wondering if you've made enough space or are you encroaching on their space? You're like, you know, I've never had to even think about that going to the beach before, but it's a whole new experience. So one thing I miss about New Zealand is just being able to go out to the beach and just be the only soul, like walking down the beach and just having that space to, uh, it was a, it was a time and a space where I would connect with the Lord. It was a time and space where I think my, I would clear my head. And so that I miss, I miss that yeah
0: yeah i love that we would um take trips because where we live we're about we're about an hour and 15 minutes or so from from beach from beaches there's some beaches that are closer but um the really you know the nicer beaches we're about an hour and a half hour and 30 minutes and uh my, my wife and i we used to we used to just get in the car sometimes and drive and uh just go to the beach but we'd go kind of like in the evening time and we would often go like at the time of the year where there's not a lot of people out there and stuff like that. And and it really is an awesome place. Just kind of, you know, when when it's calm and there's not a bunch of people around and all that kind of stuff. And you can just kind of go and stand up by the water, listen to the water. And just it, it just was something that we would do kind of regularly to just go out and disconnect and just hear God, you know, just hear God speak and just commune with the Lord there. And there's something about getting outside of the regular function of life and the routine and the mundane and all of that. And of course, God speaks to you in the midst of that stuff, too. But there's something about just kind of getting outside of all that, whether it's the beach or a park or just in nature or, you know, whatever. But there's just something about that that I think is really just special to kind of disconnect every once in a while, um, just to be with God and be intentional,
1: you know, about that. Right. It's something that I often ask that when I'm meeting with, a either a young pastor or, a, a leader that's overwhelmed burnout. And yeah, uh, I'll say like, what is your thing? Like, where do you, where do you go? What's your, like, what do you, what do you really switch switch over and, and can clear your head, connect with God. And most leaders can normally tell me all oh, this, this space. And then the, the tough question is like, when, when did you do that last mm. and next? <laughs> because yeah, man. That, that's an that's annoying question, right? And it's, uh, it's hard, um, I get it. Um, but but uh, I guess the what if uh, I have for for all leaders and pastors, like what if there was um, a necessity for that? Like what if you are called to necessitize that? Like you're not allowed to serve, you're not allowed to lead until you know like when you're doing that next and the leaders around you even being able to hold them to that I think it's a it's a good process to think through but wow and another thing
0: about you guys you have about what like 77 kids now is that is that the number
1: closing <laughs> well, on uh, uh no there's no there's there's none uh in the oven as they say right now we are up to eight boys so yeah we have a busy schedule. say that number
0: say that number again you just kind of glossed over that number
1: like it's not a big thing <laughs> it's really not I mean if you if you don't have a TV and God bless you with that ability like if you don't have a TV
0: <laughs> I was literally literally assuming that you guys just didn't have TV for a
1: number of years yeah, <laughs> yeah. no it's it's uh, eight, eight boys it's like having like if you've been to a vacation Bible school or you've been to a theme park. Um, it's like that all the time. Um, we have to you know, be pretty on top of things and scheduled and there's lots of kids running around. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun too, man. We have yeah. a, a blast. I mean, vac- vacation in itself, even as nervous as we were like, it's just full on. So. Oh yeah,
0: man. I can, <sighs> man I'm, I'm wondering what kind of checks and balances are in place to make sure you don't like leave a kid at the beach by accident like what kind? Of, uh, it's it's just man yeah but uh it's all it's, it's 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 an amazing thing
1: delegating like the couple that sits next to you on the beach they don't know what they're signing up for when they sit next to you on the beach <laughs> hey you got <know> that one <laughs> you can see that one right i'm going to turn my back right now the other one's running the other way and it's kind of what happens but yeah yeah but our yeah. kids but really, so far so far you haven't lost any no no we haven't lost any you know more That's than uh, uh more than an hour or so right <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have uh one
0: one uh what any any just quick story of uh
1: <laughs> dude don't ask that because my wife will watch this and then she'll be like you actually said that uh, no, but there was uh, the one that we both remember is we were going into a grocery store and, and very seldom do we venture out with all of them to a store, but we went into the grocery store and we got all the way across the parking lot. And she looked mm-hmm. at me, she looked around and she's like, oh, Benjamin's still in the, in the van, like in his seat, strapped in. And we, we just both looked at each other like. We could laugh or cry or it's just the nature of that oh life. my goodness Very yeah defeating and you felt less of a human and you're like will we ever live this down you know mm. um so but yeah you're constantly counting in your head yeah sometimes people will catch me on a sunday morning you know with like you know what i'm looking around at my kids and i've literally got my hands up and i'm doing this and i I'm like oh we have an extra one or where's that one hmm. yeah.
0: so like I don't know man I'm I'm just thinking five or six kids in and they're all boys and you know number seven's on the way are you thinking like this one's got to be a girl right like just statistically yeah. you got it like how it, so, <laughs> so I mean did you guys just you must have just had to learn to have an incredible sense of humor when it came to how god just (laughs) gave you all boys like that's an incredible thing to me that's 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 a
1: statistical anomaly for sure it really is and we've heard that you know even doctors will tell us that nurses have told us that um (laughs) each time we go in you know we hear it over and over and over we're just like yeah yeah and they just kind of look at me like okay you know how this works right like yeah (laughs) You go. that to, that's, to me that's
0: evidence of uh of a creator right there that's yeah. evidence of divine influence <laughs> in our lives because that wouldn't just happen in nature by itself um but yeah man you're you, man your wife is just got to be such a rock star to be oh, she's, she's so outnumbered and raising all these boys and uh yeah she's, you know.
1: incredible. she's incredible like le- legitimately she's a creative um <clears throat> yeah i I would say um, th- there's free people, and then there's super free people, like free spirits, you know. And she's mm-hmm. on that super free side. She's like, super free. Yeah, that's so awesome. She's like, yeah. So yeah, love that. that. That's great. And you know, the the killer is, you know, I think this for any parents. I'm going to go deep real quick, but like the killer for parents, families, and like especially like young families, and maybe there's some young moms listening that will get this but like is comparison is the killer right so like the the like we're we're great we're doing good but if if you start to compare like where you want to be what you might have been yes. doing or any of that kind of stuff that's that's where you get pulled down and and it gets mm-hmm. But otherwise like like we're free we're doing what we feel called to do and and that's what we have to come back to if we get locked up or or down or whatever we have to be like okay this is this is us and like, like our lawn being cut perfectly, our kitchen looking like it's from a magazine, our floor, right. like all the things that our standards put on you by, you know, wh- whatever direct from whatever direction, family, community, culture, whatever. Um, you just have to, yeah, you have to push that stuff aside for it to, uh, to survive, I think, and to, to thrive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes we, I leave the kitchen at nighttime. I'm extremely exhausted. I've been working like crazy, like at home and, uh, the dishes need to be done. The, you know, I can think, I can think of a hundred things that need to be done, should be done. And the best thing I can do, the most spiritual thing is going to bed and spending minutes to talk to Christina and my wife just unpack the day with her and hear her out and yeah she you know so i think reading like a a thing that i'm i'm still learning but learned many years ago is that like her love language being quality time and not acts of service Mm -hmm. i can yes would like go and do the dishes and feel like i'm serving her because she'll come out to a clean kitchen tomorrow and she's laying in bed going i wish you would just spend time with me i'm like okay that's real man yeah Yeah, I can even go to bed thinking I'm the man, she's asleep. And I'm like, I'm the man. I just cleaned up, you know, and, and, and really, I didn't, didn't help at all, even though I did something that other Mm. people, oh, that was so nice of you. But like serving one another is serving one another. Yes,
0: that's so so good. That's so good. Um, how, How would you say that? Okay, so. Obviously, you know you're a pastor, and being a pastor um, is not always a regular <laughs> full-time job. You know, maybe 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 every once in a while you have a week that's a little bit normal or a little bit more laid back. But I mean, you're 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 dealing with things, right? You're dealing with 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 people, and you're pouring into the lives of people, and there's there's more involved with it than just you know a regular 40-hour work week. Um, you know in most cases and mm-hmm. so you have that and then you have obviously you have your wife and you have <laughs> eight kids <laughs> and uh then you know everything that, that that you have going on in life how have you and christina kind of handled the balance of everything i i know i know a lot of people talk about balance and like how balance is key and everything other people talk about balance like balance is a joke like you're not gonna have balance in your life uh where do you guys kind of fall just in that and how have you navigated just everything being a pastor continuing to pour into your your ministry and what god has called you to do there but but recognizing at the same time like what you just mentioned was was really beautiful and it's an area where i think that we get off track and we lose things sometimes it's you know as men i think particularly a lot of times we can we can deceive ourselves into thinking that because we're doing good things that we're making the people around us happy And that's not always the case because maybe they aren't seeing it from the same perspective as we are. And so, you know, but being intentional about being there for your wife and being there for your kids while fulfilling the assignment that God has given you in terms of ministry. How have you guys kind of learned to navigate that process with the busyness and the different things that you have to handle? And uh, yeah, just curious about, you know, how, how that's worked for you all in the unique situation that you're in.
1: Yeah. Good. It's a good question. And, um, I would say, I, I think you said it right. Like balances. Um, well, I mean, different people are going to hear this different ways, but I would say looking mm-hmm. for balance is the wrong target. Um, mm. I would say like when balance is the target, I think you're always like going to be doing this. Like you're, you, you know, like, oh, running this way. Oh, we're running this way. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I think, I think you got to know like, okay, what's our mission? What's our purpose? Um, what are our values? And I think, and then, and then coming around that, because then you end up probably just like, like the scales end up going one way and, and, and resting where they need to. Mm just staying focused on what like god's called you guys like if you're talking about marriage and a family like focused on what you need to focus on if you're balancing to me that 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 really speaks to like just trying to like walk on eggshells in some areas and work on like like pleasing this person and pleasing that group and and i think like for me as a pastor i need like so that so i work for like in a technical way, any pastor, hopefully in a healthy system is working for a board who represents your congregation. And like, I submit to them, like, what are you looking for? What are you asking me to do? And Mm -hmm. they job description, like, and at the same time, like I feel called to this community. And so if those things align, like this is great, because I can run in my lane, serve the Lord, serve like the community and serve my biblical community, the way that God's created me, to Mm -hmm. be God's created me to be. And part of that is me being like a father, right? Husband, um, and, and lead my family. Well, like that's a, that's a part of that in the same way. Like the guy who's an electrician, right? If, if the community needs this electrician, they'll hire the electrician to be in this community. If they don't need an electrician, he'll dry up and there's no work for him. He'll go to another community to serve. But if there's a needed electrician, he'll serve in this community. And what will the electrician do? He'll, he'll say, okay, I need this much money to live. And this is how I'll frame my work, my business. I'm good at this kind of electrician work. Mm-hmm. And he'll get yeah. paid to do that. And if he's good at it, like he'll stay there and do it. And he's not fighting for balance. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's working like in his lane and he's supporting his family by doing it. If he's doing it in a healthy way, he recognizes like, that there's a, there, there's got to be a limit and a cutoff. Like once you reach a certain point of like what your family needs, like financially and resource that way, then the rest of who you are, like bring that resource back, like time and stuff and energy and bring it to your family. I could do the same thing in ministry. So mm-hmm. like I serve and, and I serve in the lane that I need to, to serve. And it takes a certain amount of time to do it. And and the rest of my resource and time, like, like I'm serving my my family. Um, that sounds like it's like the leftovers, but it's not, it's I get up, I, I, I do a job, I serve the community. And my family needs me, I'm, I'm there for them. Um, and so I, I just like to look at it that way. Like, I'm, I'm all in. And I'm not trying to, like, find a balance. I think when, when the question comes up for me, like, like, it, it does, you know, like, oh, babe, like, um, when are we getting quality, because you're a quality time person, like, I'm right. feel like right. and say like maybe we need some more time. Um, that's to me not a question of balance. It's a communication thing. Like, okay, we're f- what have we got clarity on what our focus is in this season and and what's happening? Am I communicating well? Am I hearing yeah. her? And so, because um, what's going to come out of that if we communicate well with those we're in community with? Um, there's gonna be clarity and we're gonna work together on stuff so mm. as we're talking just like I'll, I'll unpack like what is what do you mean by you need more time what do you what does that mean what does it look like and she might say well I just need you like she might just say that hey you've been like cleaning up the house and doing different things at night I just want to stop at a certain point and I might say for clarity's sake what time does that what time does that mean like is it nine o'clock is it eight thirty? do we need to bring the kids like to bed earlier and we'll just work it out together right because i'm here you're here for the same reason like we're we want to be together we want to be unified we're a family we're a unit mm. i think like yeah that's to me that's not working on balance yeah. working on like yeah vision hey, this is our mission this is our purpose we want to be a family connected so like what does it take let's do it um well wow. yeah
0: yeah yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's as you said, kind of pursuing more so like better communication and making sure that we're accomplishing what we're supposed to be accomplishing in the season that we're in, as opposed to this like pie in the sky idea of balance and everything being neat and orderly, and this is in place and that's in place. And it's like, that's not real life for the most part, you know, like that's not, that's really not real life. I love one of my favorite uh, scriptures. And I always forget to uh, pay attention to the reference, but it's in Proverbs. And it says uh, where there are no oxen, the trough is clean, but Mm -hmm. much growth comes with the strength of an ox. And it's like, look, if you if you don't, if you want everything to be neat and orderly and tidy and no, no mess and no chaos and all of that, then you need to recognize that you're probably not going to have much growth. (laughs) But, But if you're willing to kind of get into and I'm not saying that our lives should be so chaotic that we are not experiencing. I believe that even in the midst of of the busyness and the different things that we have to do, we can still have a mindset that allows us to experience the rest of God. I think that he wants us to live our lives from a place of rest. So I'm not talking about being scatterbrained and all over the place but mm-hmm. I but I do think that as you said, like in a certain season, you might be like the scale might be a little bit more, more this way or more this way, depending on what's needed in that season. But I think that the goal or like the key, really, that is such a big key is that communication part. And even going back to what you said earlier, a really big key is the not comparing yourself part because you can compare yourself to say, oh, well, look what this family's doing, or look what this ministry is doing, or look what this father is doing or mother or whatever. And when we compare ourselves it's really ultimately not helpful because we're different. We're in a different stage of life, different mode of life. We have different goals. We have a different mission, all of that. And, and I do think what you're saying is so key. It's like, look, if I, I, I might be a little bit out of balance right now, but if I can really focus and engage on what I'm doing at the time, because that's something that I know for me that I struggle with, it's having my focus in the right place at the right time. So even if I'm in a particularly busy season where I've got to work longer hours or something like that to get through a project or to get through an event or whatever it might be, it's kind of like this is crunch time. We got to buckle down and get this done. Mm -hmm. Um, I can allow that to carry over into the time that I have when I am supposed to be with my family or with my kids or with the Lord or just disconnecting or whatever. And I can bring all of those thoughts and all of those challenges and everything with me so that now that I'm with my family or doing something else, I'm really not with them. Like I'm really not focused. I'm really not present because I'm too focused on something else. And so I think that that communication piece and that ability to kind of leave things where they are to an extent, sometimes it's not 100% possible, but leaving things where they are so that we can really focus and engage with what the moment that we're in calls for does does that does that make sense
1: I think so I I think you know when something I find I was just thinking of a family um, like right now in our our community and and like trying to apply like if somebody says "Hey, you got to find balance um trying to apply that to their lives like i think i'd say yeah we we probably need to but they're both in this couple both in law enforcement um one would be you know daytime hours the other would be um rotating through night shift day shift and uh and some days they won't see each other you know Mm -hmm. and is that like is that is you look at that and you go man how is that even possible they have they have a family, they have kids, they have, um, I won't get into details about like anything else, but um, cause I don't have permission to talk about them here, but I think like of that scenario and what they're walking through, if their goal was balance, they would be beating themselves up and each other mm. um, to, to reach that standard of like, they're supposed to be balanced, let's, let's frame balance. But I think they're willing to make certain sacrifices now and they're looking out for each other and serving one another to the best of their ability in this season, because they're making sacrifices for like working towards something together, you know, and I know that Mm. they're working on like they have now, like they're working on a, on a, like having a house, like a rental property and like Mm. off hours, like he's over there and painting. It's like, I could be home, like, and we could be just hanging out as a family and like throwing the ball with my kid or whatever but I'm here and it's like his wife and the family, like they've decided for this season, what they're supposed to do is this, it's going to bring uh, another different kind of freedom, right? After the yes. season, to able to rent that out and do things. And so they're like for a season pushing themselves to the limit. But as a family, I know that they know what their goals are. I know they're anchored in the Lord. I know that they desire to serve one another and serve their kids well and and so, yeah, they're like, I love that, like their focus isn't balance. Their focus is like, like we're family called to do this and, and be this. And for this season, it means this there, you, you called out that verse. Um, and uh, I often reference it from the book, uh, community is messy. I think is a book, um, but it talks okay. about mm-hmm. um, like, uh, if there's no mess, there's no harvest, right? Mm-hmm. If there's no the yes. the harvest. And so I often think of that, like, I, I think of that in terms of family, like if, uh, like there's a lot of work to be done and there's mess and the fruit of that is there's a harvest. And so if, mm. if, if it's calm and it's all balanced, it's good. like I, I don't know, there's any farmer who said, you know what, I need balance. So I'm not going to milk the cows tonight. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go clean the stall this week. Like no, they're working mm-hmm. the tail off because they decided to be farmers. Like they're working from sun up to sundown, they come and they feel very relieved. They feel very like fulfilled. They're like, this is what we want to do. We love doing it. And the wife who wanted to be a farmer's wife or a farmer herself, you know, seeing the ability to like put that meat in front. Of, I, at the end of the day, I know my yeah. wife, loves to, like cook a mm-hmm. meal and like, enjoy your meal. Cause I want you to enjoy your meal. Like that moment right there, like for both of them is fulfilling. It's eight o'clock at night. You worked your tail off. like. And you're not making a million dollars a year. Like, why is that fulfilling? It's because it is. Like, this is what I'm called to do, and I love doing it. Yeah. So the goal of balance, again, I think it's like a a myth, but I think the focus on, like, like what are you called to do and, like, communicating that and deciding together as a family and praying about it and seeking God to go together on it is a greater, more pointed mission, if that makes Mm. sense. Um, Yeah, man, that's really good. Um, Psalm 51, I want to share this because I think this has been an anchor for me as I talk to like couples getting started. Um, And the message, it goes like this, going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. A heart shattered shattered lives ready for love don't for a moment escape God's notice. Um, Mm. Like I'm not pursuing myself like this flawless performance here on earth. Um, going through the motions, right? Like of what, like this Christian, like expected, but a broken heart shattered life, ready for love that doesn't escape your notice. That's what I want to be. And I think what that creates, like as a man, like if we're talking like to men today, I would say like what that creates for you is a posture and a heart attitude that I think like God, God can mold, God can use. And I think, Become something that your family can interact with easier too, in mm. conversation. like that. That yeah. life ready for love is is a listener, is a learner, is a broken person saying like, yeah. There's like I've been given much grace. I want to give much grace. There's just stuff that comes around the broken that I think uh, we should be desiring that. And uh, yeah. Anyway, I think of David. Um, when I when I read this, just that he personified that for us, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So I could go on. Yeah. I could on that, but anyway. no, it's good, man.
0: It's a good word. Well, I should mention that you are uh, before we run out of time here that you are the uh, lead pastor at Mannheim Brethren in Christ Church in uh, Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Correct. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, how long have you been there? I started
1: March twelfth, twenty twenty. So, two- oh wow. Two years, like the two days before those lockdown, basically. <laughs> right, and my first day was um was me writing to, uh, the congregation, to say that we would not be having church this Sunday because of the pandemic. That's so, so crazy. It was absolutely nuts. No one knew who I That's was. That's bonkers, to dude. To the church yet, um, other than by a photo on a screen, and it was crazy. So, if anybody from mbic M- watches this, know that my um my great thanks to you for not giving up um Whew, for real that, man that season um I, I I'm blessed man it's just a great community and a great congregation and um they just they love the Lord and love the word so we've been yeah blessed.
0: well I don't I don't know a lot about it but um the the Brethren in Christ um denomination is um kind of headquartered there in, in PA right mm mm-hmm. yep and um, from from what I understand, um, tell me if this is accurate or not, because I, I like I said I don't know a whole lot, but it seems to me like that there's a there's a an emphasis, there's a focus on obedience and holiness um, in this particular denomination. Now, I mean that should be an emphasis and a focus for every Christian, but uh, but 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 I do feel like that there's something that that that's kind of like um, I don't know, like almost like a we want to be focused on the the roots of what of what christ taught and we we want our lives to be an expression of loving the lord through obedience and through um ascribing to holiness would, would you say that that's an accurate assessment
1: oh yeah definitely um and it's something that was attracted to me like when i looked at it um the bic mm-hmm. um you know looking at the look essentially like let's look at the red letters right like if that's the climax of what we were hoped for and what was given so jesus teaching and his words are are held up like this and and like the bible written to this climax of where jesus Mm -hmm. is and then and then these additional like like hey here's how you can do that um with paul but like jesus teachings man like wow um and and let's like model our life after him and be obedient yeah that's that's them and so there's this how do we walk like that how do how can we look like like him in our community. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so um what would you share as far as like how do we emphasize the that holiness and obedience without becoming overly dogmatic or, you know, focused on works to to the extent of, you know, works righteousness kind of a thing or Um, You know, does the question make sense? So um, having that emphasis on obedience and holiness, which, um, you know, I think that we've probably probably both seen where people can become so focused on something that's supposed to be good, whether we're talking about this or something else, but then they can make they can take it outside of its proper context to where it becomes all about this thing. And it can just become a religious ascent, kind of a, you know, that kind of a thing. And, um, you know, I, obviously holiness and obedience, which is something that Jesus modeled to us perfectly to the point of his death on the cross. You know, Philippians 2, he was obedient even to the point of death. Um, and he he came to demonstrate to us, he came to demonstrate the father and he and he came to demonstrate to us, how we could live empowered by the holy spirit and relate to our heavenly father and how we can walk out in obedience and he came to demonstrate not just not just the the greatness and the authority and the power of god which of course he did but he also came to show us what it looks like as a person living dependent on the holy spirit uh you know lives life and and can um can walk in power and faithfulness and holiness and obedience and all of that. And so, um, yeah, just what what would you say on that as far as, you know, how we can focus on on having the this established in our lives, where I want my life to be about um, being obedient to the Lord, and I want my life to characterize the holiness of God, um, but just without kind of falling into that camp of, becoming religious minded or you know overly dogmatic or focused on works
1: yeah i i like i like your question i like what's behind your question because i think that's where like a lot of the wrestle is mm-hmm. for me um let, being in a community too like where there's a lot of um anabaptist roots um not just the ic but you have the mennonites you have the amish community um
0: yeah that's have right the,
1: yeah um, you have the you have Church of the Brethren. You have got a lot of that come out of the like out of that roots, and and really it's the what we've been called the River Brethren, where they were baptizing people in the river and and li- and really calling people to a life of holiness, right? So we sit mm-hmm. apart, and so in its um, like in that motivation to be holy, it is it is a beautiful thing. And then, yeah. and then there's those extremes that it can go down to be like, uh, like in the world and not of the world. The Romans twelve thing um, that can be taken like the Amish way, meaning like I'm going to completely separate and like create some rules so that I don't step over and oh now I'm of the world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I would say that that's you know that's where some people might say it's an extreme. Other people might not. Um, but I think it's a cool, it's a great call. It's a great thing for us to be couched in, in, in our, in our faith, to walk in obedience that I think is a walk of love of Jesus. Mm. And I think, um, where I think it is the, the best way that I can describe, like it's, um, most beautiful places in community with others. Mm. I think where, where it gets, um, like skewed is when it gets isolated so i think of monasteries right these places that are set up for people to go and become holy and like and what do they have to do they have to minus relationships with other people essentially mm. to to okay. be holy yeah. why because you're not going to be faced with 90 percent of the things that make us unholy like mm. interact with other humans so like what yeah. do i do as a pastor like i'm, I'm doing people work like we're, right. we're struggling with like, man, like I'm called to holiness, but like marriage is hot. I'm called to holiness, but like going to work is hard uh, I'm called to holiness, but like I'm in a, in a high school. That's like, just, I'm surrounded by and entrenched in things that are not of God, you know, and um, you know, all, all those things. Like I'm, I'm in a business, I'm leading a business, but the government says I have to do this or that, or, or I've got to like follow these kind of rules and, and, and i've got to give way to xyz and so how do i stay in the world but not become of the world and, and so there everybody's kind of wrestling with like how do i remain like a light and salt and light in this world and so i like the focus um that the bic has in this realm of holiness i like the pursuit and i think um what i've been wrestling with is like how do i create or help people create like a mode of where it doesn't get unhealthy for them, like a conversation, I guess, or a communication with within the community that helps. So I I actually came up with this list that's kind of helpful for me, and that is um, the 5 C's, um, which helped me launch a young adult ministry and helped me like, like kind of bring this out, Mm -hmm. the the thing to wrestle with. So like in a healthy community, there's really like these five things that I'm seeing. Strong connections, um, there's care, there's a common challenge for us all to be connected on a challenge, there's clarity of how I'm involved in that or what I'm supposed to be doing. And then there's a celebration when we, when we get there mm. or at, along the way. And so yeah. I use that in like, as I'm encouraging business leaders, I, any community or business or thing that I'm alongside of, um, I'm using those five things to kind of help them navigate those conversations and stay in the lane of, hey, we're pursuing holiness, we're pursuing God in this season to be what he called us to be so how do we do that let's create healthy connections let's care for one another let's have a common challenge we know what it is let's create clarity whenever we can and ask the questions so we know what our role is and let's celebrate with one another and i think every healthy community that you can name to me right now if they're healthy i can point out how they're doing those five things so wow. yeah
0: well wow. man that? that is a beautiful thing And that just sent off so many light bulbs in my head and questions to ask you. But I know we are up against the clock. So, Bryce, I I do really just appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining me and for being on the podcast. Um, I I would love to do it again because like literally I've got like way more questions that I want to ask you, (laughs) but uh, but I appreciate you sharing your heart uh, with me and with the listeners today, man. And uh, thank you so much for your time.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I'd love another conversation. Whenever, you, whenever you're
0: ready. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's set it up. Right. Uh, well, thanks everybody for taking the time to check out this episode. Hope it blessed you, challenged you, inspired you, made you think in some way. If it did, if you'd consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, I'd really, really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Have an awesome day. See you next time.